Nine o'clock. Appreciate you joining us. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. Today it's Monday. The good, the bad, the ugly. Text or call us 970-242-1340. What's your good, the bad, the ugly from the Super Bowl? I, I do agree. It was Dylan texted in about the referees, about is everyone else sick of refs determining outcomes of games? I, I guess my my response to that is I'm I'm tired of that always being in the focal point. It seems like of NFL games, and then Roger Goodell during his you know Super Bowl week state of the league address that the officiating's never been better. I, I get it with with the Cincinnati Chiefs game, but we talked about the the clunky do over down thing that happened mm-hmm. was was not a great look. The the Colin Bradbury last night, like I said, was it kind of was it kind of marginal? Yeah, I, I just, but I, I still I don't I don't feel like that cost the Eagles the game. I don't. Think I just it did. don't feel like that did. And Roger during his state of the league. He said something that was really kind of dumb, but it wasn't that. It was, well, you know, there's however many thousands of plays every yeah. Sunday, and there could be a penalty on each and every one of them. So what you're saying is, best it's ever been, yet they miss thousands of penalties every single Sunday. <laughs> That's essentially what so he said, they're, right? They're missing plays all the time. Hey, when, he get, made, when he made the comment, I don't think it's ever been better. Well, that's obviously a lie. I, I mean, don't, that's not accurate. I mean, I don't think it's... They have expanded replay. And here's a tool that they have in their toolbox mm-hmm. that doesn't get used right. And once again, I, I, I'm i going to go back to the XFL, the, the, the Sky two point, Judge. Sky Judge 2.0 version, where if you watch those games, mm-hmm. and, and a lot, I watched a lot of it because... I'm a it was I'm a degenerate yeah. for all, you know, alternate football leagues because that's XFL the real was actually pretty solid because that's the real football yeah no, real, actually the not US, the XFL yeah. no, sorry, the, that's the Hollywood football that's Hollywood football that how they handled it was fairly quick mm-hmm. got got things right there were a lot of things about that league and how and how they executed Sky Judge. And how they interfaced with the, with the the crews on the field, I I just thought if you're the NFL, what you're you're so damn arrogant that you won't look at that and go, okay, what that's working? That mm-hmm. seems to be working really well. Why don't we do that? But yeah, uh, they're arrogant. They're not but, going to adapt another offshoot league's idea, whether it's better than theirs or not. Because but because that's stupid. That's a, it is that's absolutely a, stupid. A stupid mindset. And and when we discussed this the other day, how. The NFL, in terms of you know, in charge of officiating, you know their, their best guys mm-hmm. are guys that have been there in the past and, and been like Mike Pereira, Dean Blandino. Though Blandino yeah. had moments yeah, of Blandino, or there was, yeah. but those guys don't stick around because the networks are paying better. Why aren't you investing in, in a crucial part of your business, mm-hmm. which is now in this day and age of gambling, making sure? That calls are fair, correct, done the right way, explained the right way, so there's not any kind of possibility of of accusations of impropriety. Do you know what to me? That the fix is in and, and stuff like that. 
is the bigger issue with the Pereiras and the Blandinos and the um, Gene Steratores. Right. It's not that the TV networks are paying them more money than they would make working for the NFL. They are, but that's... They are. It's not, but that's not the problem for me. For me, the problem is the NFL got to a point to where opinions about the enforcement of rules was part of the broadcast, right? I mean, that's not a great look. When it, when it starts to get to the point to where we need to hire a guy to come in and explain this and opine on it, that, that speaks to a greater issue within the NFL. You know, like, well, this rule is so oddly worded and oddly defined and oddly enforced that we need to spend this much money to get a guy to come on here to tell us exactly what the hell's going on. To me, that's a bigger issue for the NFL than just the fact that, well, they're paying him so much money. Well, but, yeah, because you created this monster. Exactly, but it also leads into not not just you know guys who could be in charge of officiating, but but guys that actually call games. I mean, that are on the field, like mm-hmm. like a Gene Steratore and the John Perrys and guys like that. That these are guys that still could be working games in the league. Yeah, that are good, solid veteran officials. Mm-hmm. And does this mean that being part time? Is a detriment because we've we've kicked this around before, and there was the replacement officials issue, and yeah. it, and it highlighted the problem for the NFL when they had the the, the big you know went to loggerheads with with the officials that and the fail Mary and the fail, fail Mary of Seattle that Major League Baseball has gone to full time umpires mm-hmm. and did this they've done this you know quite a while now and. They have instant replay. What's something we still hear as a problem in Major League Baseball? The officiating. <laughs> what, what are they going to do with it? Uh, are going to have uh, robot umpires? More fuller time. I'm just saying that you can say that they need to be full time. And I believe Gene Steratore is on the Westwood pregame yesterday. I listened a little bit and talked about you know the, the, the process they go through. They get graded every week, evaluated. Mm-hmm. It's not like they just roll out there on a Sunday or a Thursday or Monday. Right. I mean, there there's there's a lot of work that goes into breaking down every play that they're involved in. It's Why a full time job. They just have another full time job. Exactly. I don't. As we've seen with Major League Baseball, does it make it better that they're full? They're paid full time. They probably should be. NFL officials probably should be. Mm-hmm. But it, that's not an immediate. They're going to be better because this is now their job. No, it's the same. It's going to be the same people. Which gets me back to, it's how it's how things like expanded replay is used or isn't used. Mm-hmm. Sky Judge XFL got it right. They would go, hey, hey, um, you missed a holding call there. The tight end was holding, and they could for I mean, like okay. And you would defer to the sky judge if he right. caught something. That's and that's kind of how expanded replay is supposed to work, right? Mm-hmm. Where if they catch something, a ball spotted wrong, whatever, they can jump on and go, "Hey, you, you, you need to mark that two yards back. That's not the spot. 
That's not where the ball was. And I think the issue for the NFL... But they don't do that. They don't do no. it the way... They don't use it the way the XFL use mm-hmm. Sky Judge. Sorry, one of the issues with the NFL with the Sky Judge is... I don't know if they are going to welcome the level of transparency the Sky Judge had. Right. There was camera in the booth. He had a headset that was wired to the truck. And you could hear the conversations Everything between was the going officials. On. And that was all going... It wasn't helping in stadium at all, but it was on TV. It was great. It was fantastic to hear that discussion, how they get to their decision, right? Um, I'm not sure the NFL's ready for that level of transparency. Which which I think is ridiculous. Because if you want want to solve all these things about whether it's the Bradbury penalty was a hold, not hold, whatever... Mm -hmm. The, the down situation, how great would it have been when they had that, that they had to play the down over if you would have heard the official in the booth talking yeah. with the referee and that conversation could have went, okay, this is why they're doing this. Mm-hmm. This makes sense to me. And then because the they're, draw, they're going through the mechanic, they're explaining, yeah. okay, you've got to do this because this was what happened. And you're going, okay. And not- then the siphoning of officials to be in the TV booth isn't as great the need is not as important there because you get the explanation on the broadcast you've anyway it. you've got you've got the guy that's the sky judge in the booth saying this is why we're doing this this is why this call's being made i just and this is a conspiracy theory with me so take that for what you will transparency warrants more transparency and there's parts of the league i don't think they want a light shown on just yet and so I don't think they really want to start anywhere because then they're going to have to do it everywhere. And there's parts where I don't think they necessarily want full transparency. And so you can't be like, here's transparency here, but not over here. As long as you keep everything kind of gray and shaded, you can keep anything gray and shaded. I'm say when it comes to officiating with the way the XFL did Sky Judge, and I don't know what how they're doing it this time, if it's going to be similar procedure or not, I, I think it's probably, I believe it's going to be similar that you know what's going on. You are not left to guess. You're mm-hmm. not left to sit there and have Terry McCauley or whoever on with fill in your announcing team right. and color guy disagrees with official rules expert, whether it was a catch, no catch. And you get the and, guy that made the call saying, this is what this I saw. This is what I saw. Instead of you get the guy that made the call and then the official you know, the the referee giving the announcement to the fans, and then you wait until after the game, then a single pool reporter asks the referee two and a half hours later about a play, which he heard only secondhand because he didn't see it, and then you get an answer of, you know, some canned blather, whatever. That's not helping the NFL. That's where the sky judge is going to solve more problems then it's going to cause from the NFL's viewpoint. Because you know they're like, well, there's this and there's this and blah, blah, blah. They should ne- And I don't know if they're ever going to say it, but they should never once ever blame cost for any of this because they're a behemoth when it comes to money. Yeah, there's, there's, cost is this not is, an issue. This is just purely lack of want to. And so they're not going to use Sky Judge for XFL. What? They're, they're going to use a centralized hub. Is it just going to be the rock in a room somewhere? <laughs> in a truck chasing down Gino Toretta? 
that it'll be made from a centralized hub. So that will, they will, it'll be a war room and they'll retain the error correction powers of the sky judge. So they're going to have this, it's, it's going to be the same thing, only you're Mm -hmm. not going to have somebody on site. You're not going to have the dude there with the Xbox controller. It won't be on site. It's kind of a missed opportunity. I'm assuming they're going to be, because they're, I think their hub's back in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm assuming that that's when that's kind of where league headquarters are for the XFL. So I would assume that would be the case. They'll be based out of there. I guess as long as they have the error correction ability. Yeah. And there's the transparency of exactly. I'm hearing what they're talking about. And I can go, okay, well, you know, okay, now I understand why they're doing that. That makes sense. And you have the referee that said, hey, you know, I saw holding there. Mm-hmm. And. And if you have no, you have, look, he was, you know, hands were, you know, in the interior of the body, whatever, whatever, yeah. you know, not necessarily a holding penalty, but like pass interference, things like that, or, or roughing the passer, mm-hmm. he got blocked into him, he got shoved into him. Those are the things you, having the transparency is crucial, which that's where the XFL, they did a, they did a fantastic job. It's, it's a shame the pandemic did wipe came around out. and wipe, yeah. wiped them out because that league was on to something and the football was fun to watch. Oh, now, we had a chance. That league had a chance. It had a chance. Was it, was it going to be the NFL no. and stop that stuff? But it had the chance to kind of build something. They had good numbers in terms of mm-hmm. you know most of the the franchises, not all of them, but but most of them were, were drawing pretty good numbers in terms of fannies in the seats. And it, now we'll see if uh, the new version of it. The Hollywood football. Yeah, we'll find out in six days. Yeah. All right, so you got one from Scott Teal this morning. He's got a good, the bad, the ugly this morning. Let's see, good morning, Scott. The good, entertaining game, the bad. Having to listen to Chiefs fans for another year. The ugly, unacceptable turf condition that did have impacts on the game. That is a fact. That it was is terrible. Ugly. That was ugly with I mean, Hertz changed his cleats. Guys slipping around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have problems going back to the uh, college football bowl game. Yeah, and it's a different turf. They spent eight hundred grand to resod that field for it to look and play like that. That's atrocious. Not good. And I agree with the guys on the Eagle. I can't remember exactly who said it. This is an NFL endeavor, and it should be better. You should have the best officiating the best field conditions. Mm-hmm. It's the Super Bowl. It should be. I don't care if it's a Thursday night game. It should be the same way. You're the NFL. You are the pinnacle of professional football in this country. Yeah. That was spray painting the dirt green at old Foxborough type football field for which the is, Super Bowl. Which is ridiculous. Which is absolutely ridiculous. So just a couple things to go through here. Jalen Hurts ties Terrell Davis for the most rushing touchdowns of the Super Bowl. With three. He's the quarterback, though. Yeah, that's pretty... Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Also, most rushing yards by a quarterback in Super Bowl history was 70. Do you know who held the record prior to Jalen Hurts? No longer with us, sadly. Exciting finish to a Super Bowl. Came up just about a yard short. Steve McNair? Steve McNair. Oh, hey, look at that. I would not have guessed that without that hint. I was going Fran Tarkenton. Yeah. Type, maybe, around those times. 
longest punt return, Kadarius Kadarius Tony of the sixty-five yard mm-hmm. return, which was a huge one last night, that led to the Skymore touchdown catch. But uh, do you remember who held the previous record? Desmond Howard. No. Oh. Uh, you have to go back to Super Bowl Fifty. Happened to the Broncos. Oh yeah, I'm not going to get that guy's name. You're not going to get his name at all because I have like I know oh, who yeah. you're talking it's about. It's like oh yeah, okay, now I remember this. Jordan Norwood had a 61 yard return against yeah. the Broncos, and so for Jalen Hurts, he became the first player in NFL history 300 passing yards, 70 rushing yards, three touchdowns in a game. Eagles also congratulations. Most points in a Super Bowl loss mm-hmm. with 35 last night. And that two-point conversion from Jalen Hurts, that dude's a stud. He came up short as a team, but that kid's a stud. Watching him just stick his nose in there, that kid, that was really impressive. And Andy Reid, by the way, the third coach to defeat his former team in the Super Bowl. Can you name the other two? Oh, let's see here. Coach to defeat, coach to, to coach a Super Bowl win against his former team. Uh, one you have to go Eubank, back, right? Weave you bank. Okay, got that one. Knew Jets that one. Beat Colts, the Colts. Jets. Yep. And there's one more. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. We talked about him not long ago when we were talking about trading for coaches. With Belichick, John Gruden. Oh, Gruden. Oh, that's right. Or the Gosh, Bucks over one. the Bucks over the Raiders. That's that's okay. That's the one that makes me feel stupid because yeah. that was more that, that's more recent. Like yeah. we 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 Bubank. That's pretty impressive. That's good that you knew that. All right. So um, the commercials. Let's get to the commercials briefly. Okay. Uh, what was your takeaway on these Super Bowl commercials? Uh, not as many letdowns. As years passed, there were because you know you get like oh man Super Bowl's gonna be great this year then want want not as many letdowns not as many top tier these are gonna be forever classics but there were not as many letdowns so they were good not great but good let's see um the what the Popcorners, the one with mm-hmm. Aaron Paul, yeah. Brian Cranston uh, reprising their Breaking Bad roles. I thought it was really good. I thought that one was good. I thought the Crown Royal with Dave Grohl, because I'm a big Dave Grohl fan. Yeah, Thinking pretty... Canada, that was pretty funny. I, I like the Ben Affleck one with Jennifer Lopez. So the Dunkin' Donuts one, I thought it was really good. I liked that one. I thought it was funny. Uh, somebody said they liked the Ram Premature Electrification one. I don't remember that one. It was actually kind of funny. It was pretty good. I liked the the one Sarah McLaughlin. That was you're right. <laughs> yeah, she, that was funny. Do you realize with Sarah, the shelter? Sarah, the Bush do, commercial. Do you, do you realize that's a wolf? Yeah. Wrong kind of shelter. That was Sarah. pretty good. Considering we had one of those commercials very early on or late yeah. in the pregame, had one of her, you know, whatever shelter commercials that we gave away raffle stuff over because who needs that when you're running up excited for Super Bowl? That one was very funny. Her being able to poke fun at herself, that one was... You're right. I, I, I like the one. one with Donald Faison, Zach Braff, Scrubs, with John Travolta. Yeah. Travolta still can sing. It was, it was pretty impressive. To tell you, you know, with celebrities and whether I know whether they're dead or not, 
I was waiting for Olivia Newton-John, to be honest. And my wife was very ashamed. It's like, you, you know she's no longer with us. I'm like, where is she? She's like, dead? She, she, she's dead. Oh. She she would my have bad. done it, I'm sure. Yeah. And she, absolutely, she would have done it. Like, my bad. Where's her hologram? I thought the Blue Moon one was unique. Because to the majority of the commercial, it's Miller Lite versus Coors Light. Mm-hmm. And like slipping on the ice and all this kind of almost like, wasn't there like ninja. A commercial battle? Yeah. Between the two of them? Exactly. And Is then, that it? And at the end of it was, by the way, this is a commercial for Blue Moon. Yeah. I, th- uh, I thought it was clever. The rock star spot was pretty funny. Yeah. That, oh, yeah, with the... With Ozzy and Paul Stanley. Stanley. Yeah, it was good. And uh, my girl, Joan Jett. Those were good. Billy Idol was in there, too. Uh, did you like the Caddyshack Michelob Ultra ones? I didn't. I, I saw it was on, but I didn't get a chance to really with, dig into it. Because I was with Brian Cox from stuff. Succession yeah. is kind of the Ted Knight, Judge Schmales, Tony Romo's kind of the Carl Spackler, mm-hmm. uh, youth Sabrina football player, Tony Romo. Serena Williams is in it. The one where Tony Romo played youth football was really funny. That was funny. Most of them were were not bad. I mean, I I didn't. There was none of them. I just went. They were. I thought they were just awful. They were very solid. The Planters roast. I was I was immediately out as soon as I saw Jeff Ross. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm you're out. not. A, you're not a fan. Um, Snoop Skechers commercials are pretty funny. Yeah, they were with good. With my favorite celebrity friendship, Snoop and Martha Stewart. And see what Howie Long was in it. Who else? There mm-hmm. was somebody else in it too, wasn't there? Uh, I think so. I don't remember who it was. I'll look. I just clicked on it. Howie Long was the pilot. Yeah, which was that came on right after the John Travolta commercial, and I was like, yeah. shouldn't John Travolta be flying the plane in that one? That would be funny. Because yeah, he's a pilot. Sure. Uh, no, that was the Tony Romo uh, youth football ad. Okay. The Skechers. Yeah, that was the Skechers. Okay. Because I was like, I couldn't remember what that uh, ad was, and I clicked. Did on you it. like the Sam Adams one? Which one was that? Your one? cousin from Boston. You got the Red Sox, Yankees fans hugging. And I did not see that one at all. I, you know, that's one I, I missed as well. They've, they've got it rated as like the best one mm-hmm. on here. So, and then saw the Flash, yeah. which got me very geeked up because there's you Michael. Were all Ke- about that. There's Michael Keaton as Batman. The uh, trailer for the movie Air was really good. Yeah, the, that's the the Matt Damon, mm-hmm. Ben Affleck, Phil Knight one. Yeah, looked good. Yep. All right. So I'm mean, overall not bad, and you know, I Brianna was fine at halftime. I I didn't have a big complaint. I wasn't sure what the deals deal was with the outfits that the dancers were wearing. Mm-hmm. Looked like they're going to go paint a house or make meth. But wasn't my wife sure. said on the way home that was the most clothed main halftime performer in years. Yes, because I think she had a full bodysuit and a because, jacket. Because Paul called with, with prop bets the other day mm-hmm. and one of the prop bets was would you see Rihanna's cleavage no and we didn't last all. night no you normally would have thought yeah probably that was going to be the case but mm-hmm. no not at all some of their backup dancers had the mesh shirt deal yeah. going on but not her but not her not her all right 923 we'll take a break we'll come back if you still got some uh, good the bad the ugly from the Super Bowl you can uh, send that to us today Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340 Craptastic. That's just crap. The team presents the Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking fruit of Monument Boys basketball with Coach Jake Hagera on the team. 
And Jake Aguirre brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. For the Monument Boys basketball team, inching closer to a Southwestern League title at 5-1 and one as they take on second place Central coming up tomorrow night out at Fruita Monument. We'll have those games right here on the team. Jake Aguirre joins us. Hello, Jake. How are you? Good. How are you doing today? Doing fine. Always appreciate the time. Talk uh, Wildcats basketball. Right now your team 18-2, and 5-1 and one in the Southwestern League. And uh, I know that uh, your team was stinging from that loss on your home floor to Grand Junction a while back. Got the chance uh, to go to Grand Junction and, and get some payback. 52-31. Good win for your team on Friday night. Yeah, man, it was uh, it was a tough game, a tough first half for us, uh, and then and then you know it just kind of opened up, and the boys really capitalized on you know the turnovers we were able to cause, and we were able to finish at the rim a few a few times. So it was uh, it was nice to get that one. It was nice to have our student section there. Um, those games are always so much fun. So that that was a good one. That was a big one for our boys. In terms of that game, what went right this time that didn't go right the last time you played Grand Junction? Um, you know, well, we, we made a lot more shots. I mean, that was the thing. We uh, we were able to finish, um, like I said, at the rim. Uh, we didn't do that very well the first time around, um, you know, even with contact. So, um, But we uh, it was on the defensive end of the floor. We really, our, our post players really did a nice job containing their big guys because they have so many of them um and it seemed like we, we tried to put a little bit more pressure on the guards on their guards to score and and they had a hard time doing that against our guys so the defensive side of the floor really is where it was at that's what we talked about at halftime that's what we talked about you know going into the fourth quarter um you know it was it was about the defense it was about the boys playing together and it, it was a it was a really good thing to watch yeah, you had a, a lead of eighteen to thirteen at halftime, and then in Grand Junction they they had the lead in the second quarter, but uh, they only hit one field goal in the second quarter, and didn't make another one until the fourth quarter. I mean, that's that's a pretty stifling defense by by your Fruit of Monument Wildcats to to shut them down for that uh, that long of a stretch. Yeah, I think you just gave me goosebumps when you said that. Um, but that that's what we were saying. Our boys. Uh, we're locked in on that side of the floor, and, and when we play like that, and they play together, and they play for each other, um, the offensive side usually opens up. We usually play better on the offensive end. Um, I, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a team thing on both sides of the floor where they really just look for each other. They, you know, they depend on each other. We're not just waiting for one guy to do everything for us. And so to have that, I mean, it, it just flowed. The third quarter, I mean, it, it, it went about as well as it could go for us. And it all started with them playing defense together. Both groups, too, as well. Our second group came in and did a fabulous job on that end of the floor. Yeah, and I just think that when when I've watched or called your, your team this season, that kind of almost hockey-like line change where that, those five guys come off the bench and you don't, you don't really miss a beat, in particular on the defensive end. Maybe a little bit on the offensive end, though. Though, though Jets a really good score for you that that second group as well. But defensively, it just doesn't seem like there's any drop off when when your bench guys come into the game. 
Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the thing we talk about. We we talk about when they come off there, there they have to impact the game, and they take that personally, and and they're very intentional in what they need to do for our team. Um, there's not a lot. Of, I've never ever in my life had two groups that are really pretty close. Um, I mean, our practices, you know, they get after each other. There's always good competition there, but. You know, that second group, they come in, you have, you know, Jet leading the way as the point guard, but then the Cardoza kid, um, he, does, he does such a great job, Logan Cardoza. Luke Rollins had a really good uh, defensive effort on that in that second half. So, you know, you have we have guys that can do it. If, if we can just put it together, if they can play together and, and continue this, man, we, it could be a lot of fun ending this thing. Fruto Monument Boys Basketball Coach Jake Aguirre with us on the team. Daniel Thomason had 12 points in that win against Junction. Carter Hines, Max Orchard each had 8 points apiece in the win. So 18-2, and 5-1 and one in the Southwestern League. And you get Central for the final time of the regular season coming up tomorrow night. And this is a big one. You guys win tomorrow night. You capture the Southwestern League title. Central's still very much in it. And I know how much that would mean to you and your basketball team to be able to to seal the deal and win a league title coming up uh, tomorrow night. Absolutely, that's that's one of our first goals as a team is is to win the league and uh, you know set that tone going into the postseason. So, to, if if we're able to, to get this one and, and win it on our floor, celebrate it with our students. I mean, what else could we what else could we ask for? We just we know we're going to have to bring it because Central's a great team. Uh, they got great shooters, you know. Braylon is a is a solid kid all the time, so um, you know we understand what we have in front of us, and it's not going to be anything easy. We're going to have to be focused and ready to go for four quarters against these guys. Yeah, you beat them forty four thirty nine the last time. They outscored you in the first two quarters. That third quarter against Central was the really the defining quarter where you outscored them by ten mo- ten points, Jake, and that really swung that game in the second half. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, our boys, you know, so, sometimes we'll have to come in and make a couple adjustments at halftime, and, and sometimes the boys see it, and they're telling us, you know, we can, we, can, we try this and we do that, and that's what happened in, in Central. The boys were coming in at halftime. They weren't feeling down. They weren't feeling sorry for themselves. They were like, you know, we have a few things we'd like to try and see, in it, and we're like, hey, let's see, and so... They came out, they defended, and, and like I said, when we defend as a team, you know, the offensive side of the floor, for some reason, really opens up for us. So that is our, that is our, uh, our priority out here first is, is to stop them and then, and then let the offense come. When you look at John Sedanich's team, I mean, the last time you played him, you mentioned Braylon Scott, and he's had a really good season, but you, you guys held him to four points that game. It was really Andrew Serrano, who was a difference maker in that game for them. He had four threes. You also had uh, Jackson Amos, uh, who had 12 points in that game as well. And so, the you know, as far as the, the big guns go, Santana Martinez, Braylon Scott, you guys were able to, to hold them to those two players to a total of five points in that game. And I know looking for a similar result this time around. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to keep our eye on shooters. Uh, we'll have to have a little bit more urgency closing out on them, but that we can't think that because we did that with, with those guys that it's just going to happen. We have to, you know, close in together and have our eyes on the ball and our man and, and do a great job covering everyone. But, 
you know, that to hold Braylon to five points is, you know, that's something because he's a great player. So um, we're hoping to defend defend well together as a team and, like I said, hopefully we can get out on shooters and, and hopefully our offense will flow a little bit sooner than in the third quarter. Well, I know you'd like to have a nice little Valentine's present tomorrow night with the league championship. So we'll we'll see if that uh, that happens tomorrow night for your basketball team. Uh, look, as far as the the RPI goes for six A, Jake. Right now, your team is tenth in the RPI, so in, in a really good spot heading into these uh, final games of the regular season. Yeah, yeah, we we just know that all we can control is you know our attitude, our effort, and. Uh, you know, everything else that happens after that is, is what it is, and, and we just have to play who's ever in front of us. So we got to take care of these two games before we even start thinking about anything else um, because we got two tough teams coming up, two tough. I mean, playing in Durango is no walk in the park either. Oh, no, so, it's not. Um, so we got, you know, we got to finish this thing out right, and, you know, hopefully we'll be, hopefully we'll, you know, be full steam ahead going into the, to the playoffs. All right, so I'll have coverage of tomorrow night's action from Fruita Monument. Wildcats hosting the Central Warriors. Girls pregame at 545. They tip it at 6, boys at 730 tomorrow night out at Fruita Monument here on the Team Sports Network. Jake, I always appreciate it. Good luck tomorrow night. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. You too. Take care. There's Jake Aguirre, coach of the Fruita Monument boys basketball team. All right, 935. Jim along with the Buckeye boy today. We'll uh, recap Mesa coming up here in just a moment. Uh, we'll also have this day in sports history. Still, still time to get your text in today for the good, the bad, the ugly. 970-242-1340. Um, let's see. We've got Butchie. Congrats to Melvin Flash Gordon for becoming a Super Bowl champion. And not the way he wanted to, Butchie, but congratulations to Melvin Gordon. I have to, that's, that's needling right up my alley. So I have to applaud that one. What's, how can I respond otherwise? And that's, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. That's some good, that's some good snark right there. Good. Some good shade. Rivalry shade. That's good. That's solid. To the point. Clean. Clever. Mm Mm-hmm. Butchie, well done. Call back. Much as it pains me to tell him this, well done, Butchie. That was a good one. Well done. Huzzahs all around. Dan was not a fan of the halftime show. It's was, not to everybody's was, Wasn't for everybody's, yeah. Wasn't, wasn't up with people. We'll put it that way. The only, half, the only halftime show that's going to get everybody on the same page is as if everybody didn't like it. There's never going right. to be a halftime show that everybody likes. True. I, I, I can't think. For, you know, for all of us that love Prince, mm-hmm. there are people that still didn't like Yep, like Prince's halftime show, the imagery or what exactly Prince whatever was right. You know, Weird Al. I saw some of that. Nobody liked this. Is, this is too big a moment. Can't we be serious? This is the NFL or Metallica. It's like, oh gosh, it's just a bunch of growling, angry. You know, it's like, come on. I said, I just, I'm fine with Metallica not playing halftime, like I am with most rock bands. Yeah, I just don't feel like. It gives them their just due. It does yeah, not. Their give songs them, are too damn long. It just, That's it, my favorite band, just, but sometimes yeah, it's just that just not the right venue for them. Mm-hmm. I want, I don't want a mashup of yeah. you know a, a bunch of different Metallica songs, them or, or anybody else. 
And I don't really think the NFL wants master puppets at the halftime of the Super Bowl. Probably, probably not. That's just me, you know, well, speaking of imagery. Probably. Right? Not good, yeah, yeah, I agree. I know where you're going with that, yeah. Don't think that's probably good. I don't want the, the you know, like, disposable he- or one. You're right. Stuff like that. You know, that's not really. <laughs> no, no, the NFL will be like, no, nope, let's. A little bit of clash of uh, viewpoints there. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I'm with you on the rock band stuff. I, I just don't think it's the right, the right venue for them. Pop stars, mm-hmm. you can mash it up, you can go a quick medley thing, and it's it's not a big deal. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, there's some rock bands that I think might be okay, better than others, like right. the Foo's. I think Foo's would be good. Yeah, at, Foo's at could probably half. Foo's. I think Foo's would, be, would probably be really good. I think but, there's some Metallica. I don't. There will be people, but once again, people will complain about the Foo Fighters too. There'll be oh others. yeah, absolutely. It's like wow, it's just too loud and angry. Even though, you know, it's different than some other stuff. Yeah, I would love to see. Well, I'd love to see the Foo Fighters. I haven't yeah. had the chance to see them yet in concert. I, I, yeah, I'd like just to go see them. You know, but there's not a lot. There's not a whole lot of rock bands that would work. You're right. And then country acts are. Is it mass appeal enough? I mean, this part of the country, people love country music, mm-hmm. and but outside like Garth, because Garth does big stadium shows. Yeah, Garth to me would Who's would got probably enough of a spectacle. Yeah, and and I you know I, I'm not as I'm not into country music, current country mm-hmm. music, so I can't really think of you know like Jason Aldean or anybody you right. know like that or whoever. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know well enough. Yeah, so I can't sit her and say, "Well, that guy would be great," or she would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. So that's a legit. Like a Carrie question. Underwood or yeah. somebody like that. Who would bring? That would be a conglomerate of people. You know, a four or five person. Yeah, handed off like the Grammys or ACMs type. See, that I would be play good. half of my song. If you're handed off, yeah. If you're gonna do like if you're into country artist, so maybe type person. and maybe they should do that for other. Yeah, where you just you come out. Play a song. Mm-hmm. So that's a legitimate segues question. Segues into an, another another act. Mm-hmm. Play another song. Because I know we have people who are big country fans in the pile. Sure. Who would be a good halftime performer? I really don't of, know. Of current country artists. Yeah. I don't. I can't think of anybody because I don't know. there's also some pop stars that wouldn't be very good. I don't think Billie, Billie Eilish would be a great halftime Oh, she'd be terrible. The very mopey, mumble rap-ish type. Would, That's just not going to go at the no, halftime of the Super Bowl. It's not, not going to work. I mean, what was a bad guy? Yeah, bad that's guy. that's like the only song that's kind of up, upbeat enough that you could. Okay, but that's one song though. Yeah, she'd be terrible. Billy Eilish would be terrible to have be at halftime. Horror awful. Yeah, and I'm, I'm yeah about Billy Eilish. I respect what she does. I respect the talent. I think it's cool. Her brother Phineas and her, and they collaborate, and I think that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. He's a pretty talented guy in his own right. Mom went to Fruit of Monument from everything I've always read. That's what I've heard, yeah. yeah. Grandpa so, was an administrator at a middle school. Yeah. But it doesn't mean I think that she should do halftime of the Super Bowl. No. Because I just don't think she's that... She doesn't provide that kind of spectacle. Yeah. And her music just does not... It doesn't translate. Get the blood moving a little bit. Right. Kind of yeah, slows I, it down to a I am, yeah, I'm curious, though, those are fans of country music in the pile. Then who would be mm-hmm. a good... Good fit for that. My mind's open about it. You know, I think it's probably a good time to 
get somebody or somebodies you from know, the country I, music you know, I've landscape. Had people I say, I've had people there say George Strait, but is George Strait now a little that's a little past? But then again, the Toby Stones, Keith? maybe Toby Keith. You know, maybe it could I be. Don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't. Throw I don't some know. names out, pile. Why not? You know, somebody that I love that kind of walks the rock country genre, mm-hmm. but I don't think enough people know him. Like he's great. Might might be might be fun. Jason Isbell. I love Jason Isbell. I think his stuff's great. I don't think enough people know who he is though. For him to be a a yeah. Super Bowl, it's got to be fifty percent of the people on this show right now know who that is. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you you've got to be a name that even mm-hmm. if you're not a fan of that genre, you know who that is. I think Gisbell's playing at Country Jam this year. I really like his stuff. I think he's great, mm-hmm. but I don't know if he's got enough. I don't. Yeah, I he nobody he's not well known enough to be a, a viable right. candidate. I love him, but doesn't mean that I also love Spoon and I love which is not a country back, but I which I like their bands like that that I love. Yeah, that nobody not going to be the people probably don't know who the hell they are. Right. I think we all kind of have some of those exactly but you know is it like a tim mcgraw kenny chesney type or are we gonna go younger yeah exactly you know who would have been great if he was still alive and they got way twitty no they got no not a country oh okay okay and they get back what could have been offenses with sammy van halen would have been fun at yeah because they could have they could have mashed it up enough, mm-hmm. or they would have been kind of fun. And Wolfgang's not really mass appeal enough, I don't think. Yet. No, no, I don't, I don't know if he's ever going to get there. No, it's not. No, it's good know, stuff, but really, you like his stuff? It's all right. I think it's very generic. That's I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of his. I mean, I've listened to like three of his songs, and I. I'm, that's just me. That's the dude is Eddie Van Halen's son. It's gonna to a point. To a certain extent, all going to be generic. Yeah, I, generationally. Yeah, I just none of it. Sammy's solo stuff and with the circle is, eh, that's kind of generic too. A little it bit. Paint by numbers, rock songs a little bit. Yeah, I mean his his best solo stuff is mm-hmm. really before he joined Van Halen. Let's oh, yeah. be honest about that. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't describe. I just yeah, I've heard of some of the was Mammoth. What Mammoth v- WVH WVH. I was like, okay, yeah, I've. Hey, I've, they got a sweet spot opening for Metallica this summer. Well, that's good. With that's good. Greta Van Vliet and Pantera, see, and which I like, is not really Pantera. See, Greta Van Vliet might be a band, but then again, I don't think enough people know who they are. No. You and I know who they are, but yeah. not enough people know who they are for for them to, to be considered. Mm-hmm. I think they'd be fun. All right, we need to move on here. Let's uh, quickly get to... We, get we got to a whole year to talk about No this. kidding. Uh, let's see. Let's go ahead and do this day in sports history. We'll, then we'll take a break. We'll come back and, and recap uh, CMU's weekend because it was a busy... Busy weekend for Colorado Mesa, and uh, it's time for... That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. And we haven't even talked about the Nuggets getting Reggie Jackson. The old uh, Washington wide receiver, right? Reggie Jackson? No. a different guy. The, no. the Nuggets getting Reggie Jackson? The... Yeah, didn't wasn't he one of the fun bunch? Mm, that was Art Monk, and that was Ricky. I think you know. Well, of course, Red, Reggie Jackson. Mm-hmm. Is it's Reggie Jackson that's coming over to the Nuggets? Former prep standout in Colorado. Oh, okay. Different Reggie Jackson. 
Different Reggie Jackson. Yes, not Mr. October, Reggie Jackson. Not that guy. Oh, that and there's that Reggie Jackson. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, who's the fun munch guy? Now I gotta go look that up. You do this day in sports history. All it time. was Art Monk, and I can't remember Ricky Sanders. Ricky Sanders, oh, yeah. yeah, former USFL or Ricky Sanders. It's my first day. I'm never. It's, good at it's, this. A, it's, it's okay. I've had those moments. I've had those post Super Bowl moments today yeah. myself. This day in sports history, 1937, NFL moves the Redskins now the Commanders from Boston to Washington. 1948, Dick Button, the Olympic gold medalist, beats Hans Gerschweiler to win the world title. Of course, Dick Button was going to be a tremendous figure skating announcer. 1977, Julius Irving playing his first NBA All-Star game is voted the MVP. Scores 30 points and pulls down 12 rebounds. Also, 1994, Tommy Moe wins the men's downhill over a local hero, Jatiel Andre. Also on this day... 2018, American Chloe Kim becomes the first woman to land a back-to-back, to land a back, back-to-back 1080s to win the gold medal in the Olympics. All right, 946. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show. We're going to be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Don't dream of women, because they Welcome back, 949. Jim along with the Buckeye boy today. Mav Day on tomorrow's program at 9. Speaking of the cover and race of basketball teams, what a big weekend for both the Maverick yeah. men and women. The women get their first road sweep of the season by defeating Colorado School of Mines, 59-52 on Friday. Metro State, 65-60 on Saturday. Mavs uh, stunned the, the top ore diggers as Olivia Reed had a double-double, 15 points, 11 rebounds. Monica Brooks, 14 points, 8 rebounds with Kylie Kravig, 12 points. She was 10 for 10 from the foul line, and Laura Gutierrez had 10 points. She hit, she was 7 of 8 from the free throw line. And the one over Metro on Saturday marked the first time this season. The women swept a road trip. Head coach Taylor Wagner says his team has got to find ways to win on the road. I'm happy for our girls. We played a huge game the night before. I was worried about a letdown, and, uh, you know, they grinded this out, and that's what you've got to be able to do. It doesn't matter if you're a young team or an old team you got to figure out how to win on the road, and I think this is the first time all year we took two you know, on a weekend on the road. Maverick men did the same thing. They beat Colorado School of Mines on Friday, 87-66, and then Metro State Saturday, 71-64. to uh, The victory over Metro State snaps a two-year losing streak to the road runners. Mavs were led by Trevor Baskin with 21 points and 11 rebounds, but it was the play of Mac Reniker that lifted the team late in the game. Head coach Mike DeGeorge says the team is better when Mac is on the floor. Well, he is our spirit animal, and he is all over it all the time. And, you know, he got in some foul trouble in the first half. He didn't play very many minutes. And, you know, he's got the best plus-minus of anybody on our team. And so we're just way better when he's on the floor because of the toughness and energy he brings. Both basketball teams are home Friday night to take on New Mexico Islands. Women's pregame at 5.15. They tip it at 5.30 minutes, 7.30 on the team CMU Sports Network. The 15th-ranked Cutterman Mesa baseball team wrapped up a four-game sweep Saturday and taking a 6-3 win over 38th-ranked Azusa Pacific at the Diamond at the Bergman Sports Complex. The Mavs' Declan Weisner hit his second home run of the season with a two-run shot that helped to lead CMU. Really, pitcher Anthony Durbano picked up his first save of the season with two strikeouts in the ninth. 4-0 CMU hosts 6-ranked Southern New Hampshire this Thursday to start a four-game series Pre-game at 2.15 this Thursday on the team. CMU Sports Network, Colorado Mesa softball team 
They lost all three of their games at the West Texas Invitational this past weekend. The Mavs fell to West Texas 2-1, to 11-5, and then lost to Eastern New Mexico 10-9. Two and four Mavs return home to host Fort Lewis this Saturday at noon at Bergman. Also, both CMU men's and women's swim and dive teams. Congratulations to Mickey Winder and his swim and dive teams. They captured their fifth straight Armac championships for both the men and the women at the Opamar Natatorium this past weekend. So congratulations to the Mavericks on that. All right, 952. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. And it's time to hop in the dumpster. We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Oh, I love trash. All right, quick question. Uh-huh. Is it safe to say Andy Reid's now a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yes. I think so. Win or lose yesterday, I think he was. I agree. Four Super Bowls for appearances as a coach. Couple However many of, NFC wins. championship games. Yep. Only coach in NFL history to win 100 games or two different franchises. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, it was easy. Yesterday only cemented it. I yeah, think just, it also cemented uh, Patrick Mahomes, too. Oh, I think so. He yeah. could, two MVPs, two Super Bowls. He could glassy-eyed hobble away this morning, and I think he's going in. Yeah, he'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer. With Tommy. Will he catch him? Oh, he's got geez. two. He's not 30 yet. It's 27. Yeah. He's got a shot. And I like I like the he way could, Mahomes, absolutely. I like the way Mahomes, you know, when he was asked that question, he's like, I don't know, I'm gonna try though. I mean, yeah, that, I mean that's, that's the whole point. That's a right? respect that's a respectful, competitive way of responding to that. Yeah. What do you have? Uh not real garbage time ish, more uh, tooting my own horn, but I saved it for the last two minutes of the show. Thank you for uh Chris Stapleton going over a minute fifty. On the national anthem, and also Philadelphia for scoring first, and Casey giving them the uh, choice. Did you win? I won. Absolutely. I won by two. And then due to Tyler not picking the Super Bowl and you not picking any but the first round of the playoffs, on the uh, pile pick them. Right. I also won that. Okay. Of the three of us. Okay. Which is all I was really worried about. I think I forgot to do. Yeah, that's why I said. (laughs) You didn't pick after the uh, playoffs, but that's okay. A win is a win, and I'm going to take it. I guess I was at that moment focused yep. on so, on our on the show picks and NASCAR, on the show, and on the website, trifecta okay. baby, and I still can't win money gambling on sports. How does that work? Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, yeah. see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of your women. All the la- and tomorrow in the program we will announce the winners for pile picks. Can pick them by the way. That be me. No, the the big green egg yeah. grill and smoker from Fruit of Co-op Country, the gift cards from our friends over at uh, mm-hmm. Played Again Sports. So uh, we'll have we'll announce we our winner tomorrow. A lot of people on this year. Got a lot of people. It's great. We'll do it again next year. And don't forget, Brackapalooza coming up very, very soon. All right. So that's our show for today. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget, we got the Nuggets tonight with maybe Reggie Jackson there. New addition to the Nuggets. 5 o'clock pregame tonight when they play in Miami.